He's played by actor Craig Kikowski. Because why think of a why name? Change it. If you don't why have think to. of why think of a name? Uh, you've got a perfectly good one sitting right there. Uh, yeah, Craig Kikowski, who you might know from fucking every episode of Drunk History, like a hundred percent of Drunk Histories, <laughs> seventy episodes of Drunk History. <laughs> Can you even imagine? He was not in Avengers. The of the he headline was, was misleading. Why would they? Why would they lead me on like that? I like to think he's on Sokovia or something, and you can't convince me otherwise. According to Officer Kikowski from Community, Marvel Studios got really hands-on with Age of Ultron and penned in Joss Whedon creatively. Yeah, is there, the way that article is written sounds like they're getting this information from Kikowski. Hot scoop from Officer Kikowski! Marvel Studios is getting really hands-on with Age of Ultron. News from the Warfront! Officer Kikowski reports Mussolini up to no good! Wait, did Paul Rudd write a script for... Avengers? He wrote Ant-Man. Apparently he wrote Age of Ultron as well? No, who told you that? Officer Kakowski? He's full of beans. No, this says, after the release of Age of Ultron, some personal opinions from Dross began surfacing on the internet. One, warned of the serialized movie making, the cornerstone of Marvel Studios. The second one says call, he called Edgar's script the best ever, implying the new one by Adam McKay and Paul Rudd is worse. Yeah, he's talking about Ant-Man. He's talking about the scripts for Ant-Man. Oh, Edgar Wright. Um, Edgar Wright. Shit. Yep. yep yes. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, because uh, the first scripts of Ant-Man uh, are, are credited to Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish. Um, and uh, to keep, essentially to keep Paul Rudd happy, they bring in uh, Anchorman's Adam McKay. You know, Oscar-nominated director of The Big Short and uh, that Dick Cheney movie whose name escapes me. Um, uh, Vice. Yeah, Vice. You bring in um, Adam McKay, who worked with Paul Rudd several times, notably on two Anchormans, and it's like, all right, we'll give him one of his friends to, like, help him patch up a script that will keep Paul Rudd happy. Because at this point, Ant-Man is now a Paul Rudd vehicle. <laughs> it is now, it is a, uh, Ant-Man is a train with Paul Rudd's face on the front, and it is barreling forward, so we need <laughs> to keep him happy. Yeah. I wish that we'd gotten an Edgar Wright Ant-Man. Holy shit. I do know that movie would have kicked a lot of ass. I also think, well, you know, we did get Baby Driver. Like, like I haven't seen Baby I, Driver yet. I hate myself. Rules. It rules. <laughs> I remember somebody yes. telling me that they thought the audio had gone out in the theater and then they realized it was just when he took one headphone off, the music stopped mm -hmm. playing out of that ear. Because there's music going for, like, almost the entire yeah. runtime of the movie until a very pivotal moment where all of the sound is dropped out. And it's dramatically very effective because the movie, like, the joy has been sucked out of the yeah, movie. sure. You know? Like, something has been taken from him that can never be brought back. And uh, I, as much as I would have liked an Edgar Wright Marvel Studios movie. I'm glad that Edgar Wright gets to keep making Edgar Wright movies. Sure, you know, sure. I would much rather he continue to make his own movies. And Baby Driver was, like, very financially successful. Like, that movie made a ton of money. Uh, so Edgar Wright gets to keep making whatever movies he wants. Um, and that's, you know, as much as I want Ryan Johnson to come back and get his Star Wars trilogy that they've been talking about. I also 
would like him to just keep making Ryan Johnson movies. Like, let's oh, get wanna, Knives Out 2. I, wanna, I am less concerned yeah. about more... Uh, I am less concerned about any Star Wars movie than I am with... Just let Ryan make whatever movie he wants to make at this point. Yeah, I, I tweeted Ryan Johnson. And you said, nice name, idiot. No. <laughs> no. No. He asked for, like, what people... Sh- what, what should I call the... I don't remember what the it fucking was. The sequel Yeah, basically. And knives I, in. I was proud of my idea because it was... It shouldn't be about knives. It shouldn't be about anybody from the first movie except for... Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. Uh, what's the... What was Harlan from? Wait, Harlan's the old one, right? The one that died. Harlan dies. Yes. Harlan has been... So it should uh, be Benoit Blanc, Benoit Blanc, Harlan, and Harlan's dad, who knew Benoit Blanc's dad. Harlan's dad. Harlan's dad would be the oldest man of all time. Yeah. Christopher Plummer's dad? <laughs> yeah. In the movie, they mention that Harlan, that uh, Benoit is like, were you familiar with his work? And he was like, no, but my father was. Oh, you want it to be like a flashback? I want to find out where Benoit Blanc came from. Yes. Yeah. What loins did he spring from? Yeah. Because his dad was like a PI and then he became a PI. You don't even have to go Benoit Blanc's father was murdered and he has to pick up the cold trail. Also, I would be fine with like a short, like give him a Netflix series that's like 10 episodes that are all an hour long and just have it be how Harlan Thrombey wrote a bunch of his books off of Benoit Blanc's exploits. Oh, okay, so you really want to follow the thread of Harlan Thrombey. No, you're, I really you're, don't. You're into really don't. the Thrombey-averse. I really don't. I actually just want Benoit Blanc. But Precisely. I but want him to solve a different mystery. Yeah, 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 for maybe, sure. Maybe he calls Marta for some reason. You know, we get like a, a little handshake to the last one, but it should really be a completely independent new mystery. Yeah, sure. But and let Daniel Craig run put, wild. You would have to put something in it. To let people know it's a sequel, wouldn't you? Would you have Besides to Besides like... Daniel Craig or doing this saw, yes saw. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you have to put like wouldn't you have to put like whatever the title of the movie is and then like a, a ben- Benoit Blanc, Blanc mystery or mystery? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think I think you could certainly do that. Um and and that would be perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh though now that you mention it, I would be fine with a Sherlock style we get like three episodes of a Benoit Blanc show yeah, where like he solves like long or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would also be fine with that, but literally I'm at the point with Ryan Johnson where I'm like, whatever you think is fine, I will think is like whatever you want to do, it must be the correct decision. Go do whatever you want yeah. to do. I I for that reason though, I super super want to see him keep making star wars yeah because like i i don't want to uh out myself here uh but like last jedi was the first star wars movie where i was like oh they made one for me oh uh, okay they made one catered to my interests and and uh, it is by far my favorite one you know i'm torn like obviously if he makes more i will be first in line uh, but as someone that is not lining up for whatever the Star Wars universe is going to bring us next, I really just want Ryan Johnson to keep making whatever he wants yeah, to make. 100%. Wherever his muse wants to, if it wants to take him back to a galaxy far, far away, then fucking grab onto that chariot, big boy, because we're going to the stars. Uh, but if we, if he wants to keep making murder mysteries or whatever, I'm there. 
you tell me what you want, Riot. Yo, fucking John Boyega protesting is uh, f- it's a fucking mood. John Boyega is the hero uh, that we all uh, do not deserve, but desperately, desperately need uh, because he puts up with zero percent shit. Like he is so open about how uh, upset he is with where his character arc went in them space movies. Um, did you ever see Attack the Block? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The tremendous film. <laughs> uh, everyone out there in listener land, if you, if you want just like a tight, fun, really good um, sci-fi movie about like British gangster teens, like what if E.T. was deadly and he had been found by British gangster teens? It's so good. Um, like it... Watch fucking Attack the Block. Also, one of my favorite creature designs in so long those aliens are so fucking dope dude it's very good it's very 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 good you get a little nick frost in there it's just it's everything i could want i love that flick yeah dude oh i forgot nick frost he's the he's he's the guy with the apartment that's a (laughs) a grow house right yeah he's like the crazy drug dealer yeah it's the Um, best a a nick frost part if you will (laughs) so yeah exactly it's so good it's so good it's uh it's crisp. Everyone, do yourself a goddamn favor and watch um, Attack the Block. Uh, but this is, of course, Advanced Community Studies, a yes. podcast where we uh, watch the American television show Community. Uh, I, we are, of course, the Greendale Three. I know you all got excited last week with Jace's <laughs> return. Jace will return once again, but they uh, are busy, you know, having an anniversary or whatever. How dare uh, they? So it's just, Ugh. yeah, how dare they? So it's just the two of us once again. Uh, <laughs> I am, of course, TV's Kevin Lanigan, uh, and I'm here to say I'm going to rap to the beat in a rapping way. I've got a real big penis and I drink penis lots of tea. Lots of tea. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, John. Oh, oh John. man. I am one of your other hosts. You can call me Caleb if you'd like. Um, and I'm actually not going to make a community joke for my name because I just got distracted by remembering that Snoop Dogg recorded a video of himself smoking weed in his car listening to Let It Go from Frozen. And I <laughs> forgot how much of a fucking mood that is. That's fucking. I think that is the mood of every dad. It's so good. For, and then he he looks for at the, the camera last and goes, Sometimes you gotta let years. it go. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta let it go. Fucking Snoop Dogg, dude. Oh, it's Snoop, so good. Has Snoop ever done anything that I have to like shake my finger at him for? Have we like busted Snoop on anything? Because that I I love. I think he's so pure. He's such it's, a pure being. He's just the best. He's. He's so fucking funny, dude. I mean, like, all of the, like, rap artists of that generation are so fucking funny. And Snoop is chief among them. I I love that guy. I wish Snoop had had an acting career like Ice Cube had had. Um, But Snoop, I think Snoop's just too busy chilling. He has no need for money. (laughs) He'll show up on, like, WWE television every so often, and he's perfectly content to just let that be his life. I don't know why you would would do anything else. That's what I'm saying. It seems like the most chill flex. (laughs) If you've got the chance to do that, fucking go crazy, man. (laughs) you, You live your life, Snoop. If you can. If you can, why wouldn't you? If you can, uh, only tangentially related, there's this incredible story about Whoopi Goldberg, 
uh, where everyone's like, Whoopi, why have you never married? Like, what's going on? And she's like, I don't want anyone in my house. I don't <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's just the greatest reason <laughs> to never get married. When it's when it's said, you go, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Checks out. Actually. That actually works. Good on, I get good that. Good for you, uh, Oscar winner Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so let's see. Uh, just a brief uh, community Twitter check-in this week. Uh, there was a nuclear hot fucking terrible take that was circulating around. Um, and I sent you a picture of that tweet because it was just the fucking worst. Yes, it's... it's. I will not uh, put this person's uh, info out there because I don't want them to get bullied any more than they already have been. Uh, but they, it's a poll. Who is your favorite community character? Unfortunately, all the interesting roles are males. All female roles are somehow unrealistic and extreme. The options they gave were Abed, Jeff, Troy, oh. and Chang. This person, I did in their this. infinite delusion, believes that every single female character on Community is worse written and more extreme than Benjamin Franklin Chang. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? What? Well, I mean, uh, so what, there you uh... go. What, uh, I'm trying to think of what ways I can even try and maybe. Like, maybe? Okay. Give if them some credence, Clearwater. Revival? Um, they, like, even Joan Fogarty could not give them fucking credence on the, like, if, if, if your window for female characters does not include Annie Edison, Britta Perry, Shirley Bennett, or fucking Frankie Dart, then what the fuck are you looking for? Like, what could you possibly be searching for? I don't... I'm, I'm trying to... They cover I'm everything! See, I'm trying to see where they could possibly have grabbed this take. Like, I, I don't... No, come on. I don't How get much it. of... Have they watched... Like, more than the first few episodes of this show? Like, I... It's beyond. It's beyond the pale. I want to see what the what the final fucking... Total, total oh, was. Yeah, I'm looking. I want to see how this poll shook out. I didn't see the poll results because I refused to vote on it. Uh, but I all I saw was just, you know, that, that beautiful Twitter ratio where someone's being added angrily. Where everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, you just get completely ratioed by something that you share. Just absolutely fucking... You know, as they say, every day there is a main character of Twitter, and your goal is to never be the main character. <laughs> <laughs> the first comment by Yvette Nicole Brown, you a damn lie. <laughs> Yvette, showing up, popping uh, uh, on in... 1,300 people voted. Abed won by landslide. Troy I mean, in second. Sure. Troy in second with 30% of the vote. Abed in first with 51.3. Yeah. Jeff only, beat, out, Jeff only beat Chang by four points. <laughs> that's ludicrous. That's, that's <laughs> fucking absurd. Chang is the option you hit when you just want to see the results. That's just what... And I love Ken Jong. And I, I like a lot of what happens with Chang. He is a very funny man. But come now, please. 
There's not a single person agreeing with this take, and I love it so much. It's no one is like, yes, Queen, preach. That <laughs> is you this think supposed to be all sarcasm? of the female characters on Community are bad? Annie, Britta, Annie, Britta, Shirley, Frankie, Vicky, Annie. They said Annie twice. Oh, Annie Kim. Well, they said Annie Kim. <laughs> Hell, Annie Kim and the lunch lady are all awesome characters. Yeah, fuck it. You gonna pay for your damn tacos, Seinfeld? Like, are you? Are you <laughs> saying me a taco Seinfeld? You gonna you gonna try and drag them through the mud? I will not allow it. Uh, let's let's segue into our first uh, episode of the evening, season one, episode twenty four, English as a second language, uh, directed by Gail Mancuso, written by Tim Hobart. Uh, in this episode, it is revealed that Chang is a fraud, that all of his Spanish credentials are faked, and because Annie uh, reveals this information to try and keep the study group together. Uh, it it throws everything into chaos. Um, her, I... her whole the whole like when he the dean comes in and explains that like you are going to have to take class again. Everyone goes oh that whole segment where Jeff's like hold on. We all said uh, and you went hmm. That fucking, like, interrogation scene at the study room table where Annie's melting into Disney face. Uh, <laughs> no, don't look at her. <laughs> she is the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. She is Paul Giamatti. <laughs> ah! <laughs> mean to Paul Giamatti. Mean. But I and think... <laughs> Yeah, he's he's fine. He's a very successful actor. He works constantly. I no one uh, can begrudge Paul Giamatti one iota. The titular big fat liar himself. <laughs> Did the sisterhood of the Is... traveling pants poison each other's foods so they were too sick to leave? No, I've never seen it. But I assume they mailed each other pants. <laughs> oh, an exceptional line, exceptionally delivered by fucking Joel McHale. <laughs> I really like this episode. This episode is very, very funny. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. I've forgotten you... that this was the Disney face episode, and uh, as soon as I, as soon as that scene, her happens, eyes will <laughs> flutter, but they'll never actually close. <laughs> describing it as it's happening i as i was watching that i looked at my kid and went oh no oh no <laughs> my kid's gonna do this to me someday <laughs> your kid is learning from <laughs> Eddie Edison. suddenly you take on that horrible take suddenly you're like all the female characters are bad kid don't 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 follow these women that's exactly what it was it was someone who has a kid who is watching community and was like i don't want this for mm. my kid <laughs> My kid is becoming rebellious like one Britta Perry. Uh, perhaps it is time I unlearn this from them <laughs> by, by fucking getting roasted by the entire community fandom. Oh, God. Just getting absolutely fucking decimated. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, this, episode do this episode's dope. This episode's dope. It has the, you know, it's obviously a preposterous idea that they would have to retake the class. Like, in this instance... I think you as a university have to give everyone the the automatic pass. You know, not an A, but you, you make the class pass-fail and sure. you, you make sure they all pass. Uh, but this is um, uh, very funny. When they all legitimately learn Spanish and start talking Spanish at each other. Uh, Vámonos, rápido! <laughs> Tierra del Fuego. And then uh, what's his nuts is like, yeah, we all love... 
Heather. Hannah, too. Hannah, Hannah, yeah. <laughs> and you can't have a test without a glass. We love Hannah. <laughs> Starbirds bringing it on home. A man of the people. Demo Stamatopoulos. Demo Stamatopoulos. That, the whole back and forth between Jeff and Chang, which we haven't had a good scene of since home economics, like a hundred years ago. Uh, where he's like, one question, where'd you learn to count questions? Uh, second question, <laughs> uh, I'm confused. I'm supposed to tip my bag play. <laughs> it's just this great, like, vaudevillian, like, set up, knock it down. Chang sets it up, Jeff knocks it down. Yeah, over and back over. and forth, it's back and forth. Beautifully fucking written. <laughs> Does anybody know how to study? Annie, Annie usually. Who said he won? I think it's incredible. Chang fucking smashing up Jeff's car with the guitar. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then the, exceptional... the cobblegangers showing up once more. Cobblegangers come in. Uh, a cab. All cops are bastards. You know, you could You didn't have to tase them. No, certainly they... not. Certainly not. They were literally <laughs> not doing anything at the point that it happened. And one of them was standing on their own car. Dan Harmon. All cops so are bastards. Time. Uh, community knew. He knew from from fucking Jump Street. Jeff Wigger's fucking jamming out to cop killer in his car, all right? <laughs> yes. yes. I wouldn't yes, put it past yes. him. No, not Jeff's at all. about old enough to fucking jam to cop killer. <laughs> one, one, three, one, two. This works. Season one of Community has this weird triple finale. It's so where, strange, dude. I don't. Where Modern Warfare feels like it could have been the end of the season, but then you pile it on with this, which is like the oh no, our grades kind of finale. And then you get to like the very emotional uh, finale that we will soon talk about. It, it It's this weird like sense that we're finishing the season three different times, like right in a row. And this is because it's, they it, got the, uh, the uh, additional three episode extension, right? Not necessarily, because the three episode extension is Chicken Fingers... Art of Discourse in Modern Warfare. Like, that is where... Um, yeah, I guess they, they already the had two extension. without the extension. So they had this planned, and they, third. like... Yeah, they haven't even filmed Chicken Fingers yet. Like, this was the plan going forward. And it feels... You know, because, because they had already basically finished everything by the time the episodes were airing, they couldn't see the response to Paintball and pivot the show at that point. They sure, had to sure. see the response to paintball after production offices were closed and go, oh, wow, this like really took off and we <laughs> must follow this energy. At all um, costs. Yeah, it's interesting whereas, because I, yeah. it also feels it's weird it's because, yes, it is three finale-esque episodes, but it also feels like it finalizes separate parts. Like the paintball Certainly. episode is like, the paintball episode. Well, I don't even think of that as an end of the year episode. It just feels like it makes sense happening at the end of the year, if that makes sense. Does that does that sense sure. make sense? Yeah. But it, then you it get feels like, like that is the episode that properly feels like the end of Jeff and Britta's season arc. Sure. That yes. paintball feels like okay. This is a logical cap that we are putting on this plot line for the season. And that, of course, will explode two episodes later. Yeah, sure. Um, but that feels like such a good emotional, logical cap yeah. to place on this. Yes, and then English as a Second Language is them taking their last final. Yeah, it's the end of sort of the Chang of it all. Like, in the next episode, <laughs> the he's, really just, he's really just 
like there to beat up Duncan. He's only in a couple scenes. Yeah. Um. So we we get that like little bit, but this is the end of like their classroom arc. Right. And then and then you the get next the social, episode. You get the social finale. The social finale that has to invent a bunch of new conflicts to resolve. It has to suddenly come up with a bunch of... There's like four. There's like four. There's like four, and they have to be like, uh, actually, (laughs) this is going on. And you're like, I guess? I guess it is? Uh, I, 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 I suppose we will soon transition into that episode, and my feelings about it will be fully revealed. But because these episodes are sort of paired together, English as a Second Language and, and Pascal's Triangle, and I watch them indeed back to back, it feels like fucking whiplash going from one to the other. Yeah. It, it's such a crazy turnaround that happens, because Annie almost sabotages everyone's four-year plan to keep the study group together. And then one episode later, she's like, I'm leaving. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking absurd. Just to be Ling Lang. So what's his nuts can be Ling Lang make a dang dang junior. I'm, I, Annie, (laughs) then a fully independent woman. Uh, You know, I'm going to move for this guy. Play Zacky Sack. Uh, you know that guy we haven't seen in like 10 episodes. Uh, bye. <laughs> now, do you think that she was actually ever going to leave, or do you think she just did it to manipulate an emotional response out of Jeff? I think she was actually going to leave, and I think she ends up changing her mind. Maybe she was on the fence, but there was always a possibility that she could yeah. legitimately leave. In my head. All right, let's. We're just fully transitioned yeah, now. Just, into yeah, we're just, let's triangle. just stumble into it. We'll just roll into it. Uh, The season one finale, Pascal's Triangle Revisited, directed by Joe Russo, written by Hillary Winston, uh, at an unfortunately named dance. uh, I guess some emotional threads come to a head when Britta and Slater both vie for Jeff's hand. God damn it, Um, community, for just putting Lauren Stamil in front of me one last time. Devastating. Devastating. Um, (laughs) Devastating. Annie threatens to leave. Troy needs a place to live. Shirley is also there. Um, (laughs) Everything comes to a head. So I I think I've been unable to really couch my feelings about this episode. While Pedro Pascal's Triangle Revisited is very funny, there are some good jokes, I am really not a fan of this episode. It feels like a completely different TV show for half the episode. Yeah, because so much of the show, we've mentioned this before, so much of the show is so unconcerned with bogging itself down with, like, romantic relationships. It really doesn't have any of that. Like, sure, you've got Jeff and Britta hooking up in the Maple episode, a few episodes before. Sure, you have Annie fawning over Troy. Like, there's romance in there, but it never takes the center stage in any episodes, really? I guess. Not I guess true. Jeff. I guess Jeff and Slater do have a whole episode dedicated to Jeff their relationship. Jeff and Slater have like, you know, a couple episode plot line. Jeff and Britta have been the on and off plot like a, a few times, but there was always more going on. Yeah, it's never been a plot. And think about how like emotionally interesting it is when Jeff and Britta hook up during paintball versus this episode. Where this Jeff Winger, I love you, comes out of fucking nowhere, as far as I am concerned. Dude, like it's, this it's, is com- it's wildly unsolicited. It's like it's wildly unBritta. This yeah. is not Britta. This is not like what she would do. And then Slater comes back, and you know that makes a certain amount of sense. But like, see, it would have made more sense to me 
uh, and I'm just realizing this, if Slater had said I love you first and Britta unable to be like, oh, nope, if she had walked up and been like, nope, you know what, I love you, because the whole relationship was just wearing on her as it was happening, that that would have made yeah. sense. For Britta to come out and say it, and then for Slater to be the groveling one is like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm yes. just now realizing that if you just simply re- rearrange those lines on the script, I'm not saying the whole episode makes sense, but it makes right. more sense. Because then Britta's just trying to sabotage that because she's not sure how she feels about Jeff yet. And instead, right. and that that this, comes that simple fix, I think, ups this episode a full letter grade for me. Yeah, um, it because also it nullifies so the whole disingenuous. It's so disingenuous. It nullifies the whole purpose of a large portion of the plot of the first episode of the next season, which we'll get to eventually. But like, this show is going to pick up and resume from the fallout of this episode, and like, yeah, it's still dumb. <laughs> it's still like this isn't something that they would care about. Because it shouldn't have been a big deal. Right. It's still dumb. Um, I guess spoilers for next week's episode. I do like the fallout of it. I think that's like a very strong episode. This, but the setup for it is so fucking weak. Here is part of my problem with it. It feels like they just did it because this is how TV shows are supposed to have season finales. Like, they did it because this is what you do in the finale of a TV show. But it feels distinctly uncommunity because there's no spin on it. There's no irony. There's no comment on it. It's just a trope bold-facedly happening. And it feels completely out of left field yeah. it does not feel integral to the nature of this show if oh, you know it's weird and and abed's busy like doing the light switch thing like he's just busy saying it's a season <laughs> finale yeah. but he's not there at the dance to say like well, Jeff, this is a classic season finale plot twist. Like, you know, this will impact us going into season two. Like, he's not there to do any of that. Um, I do like what Abed does in this episode, and I think uh, Donald Glover is fucking hysterical several times over. He's very good. He's very good. There is, uh, in the web series I made, Doomed to You, there's a moment in the fourth episode where I am just channeling Donald Glover's energy when he goes up to Jeff and he's like, Hey, man. Not to be, everyone's kind of waiting on your response to all of this. <laughs> it's so, so funny. Uh, him eating the giant cookie is funny. It's very good. Um, it, there is an episode of Happy Days where they, they literally jump, jump a shark. shark. And, and it is the his, best one. His, his tears start to come. And it's the best one. So funny. Uh, uh, I I love, love that that plot. Annie leaving again feels just like what? What we spent all last episode with you desperately trying to keep the group together, and the next fucking day you're like, "See ya, peace." (laughs) Adios. Just preposterous. Trying to think of it's so weird. Even Britta's argument to to um oh god the one he should be with. Slater. Slater. I wanted to say Spencer. <laughs> Dumb. Even Britta's Professor Spencer. <laughs> even Britta's argument to Slater doesn't hit for me. 
when she's uh-huh. like, he's been to Flavor Town. Like, what? That's such a he's weird. He's been to Flavor Country. They should retire the table we did it on. I, I, I kind of like that line. It just feels wrong. It just feels it so just forced. Feels, yeah, it should not be uh, coming out of there. It should not be happening in this way at this time. Um, I like, you know, it's a season finale, so we bring back a lot of the favorites from the season. We bring back Ian Duncan, we bring back Whitman, we bring back Matt Jones as the coffee delivery guy. Yep. You know, uh, Garrett, Leonard, Vaughn, you know, we stole him back from NCIS for a minute, and then we can push him back off there. Yeah, he flies Um, away. Yeah, he flies on back to New Orleans or Los Angeles or wherever the fuck his version of NCIS took place. And that's fun. I always, you know, I'm a sucker for that kind of shit on a TV show. Like, at the end of Scrubs, where they line up everyone who's ever been on Scrubs in one hallway <laughs> and just have JD walk through it is, like, very emotional for me. Sure. Uh, the the end of Lost is very emotional for me, but it even that cannot salvage this very strange episode for me. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Before I respond to that, I have to take an extra strength vitamin, duh. He pops it. <laughs> duh. <laughs> what? What a bit. What a lame-ass bit. Like, Winger being fucking mad corny. Being mad corny and petty. Just fucking too Being her. mad petty. <laughs> and, again, you know, this is Lawrence Demille's last appearance as Professor Slater, so we will give we will send them off with one honorary hot person salute. Yeah. I don't know how much Lawrence Demille would have to hurt me for her to say, I want to get back with you, and for me to say no. Yeah. Like something something <laughs> be deep and nasty yeah. would have had to go down. Something fucking unspeakable yeah. would have had to go down something before you I'm would like not tell no. even your closest friends happened. I, I do not know what would have to occur for that to take place. Uh, justice for Slater. Uh, it's just, it does not, it does not work for me at all. I, I thought it would be my burning hot take coming into this episode, but I'm glad you're sort of on the same page with me. No, you're, you're, you're good. This episode is strange and messy and nonsensical. Whereas the season two premiere is strange and messy and kind of nonsensical, but in a way that still feels like community, the television show that I've come to know. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think you and I are harder on this episode than most people generally seem to be. Yeah, I mean, um, that, and there's probably an argument that can be made that, like, we might be looking into some of these things more than the average person would. That's something I've actually come to grips with a lot recently when thinking about doing critique of literally anything. But, like, the point is that you were afraid because what you thought was going to be a hot take and what you thought you had what was going to end up being a hot take, and I was doing the same thing. So maybe, yeah. maybe other people are like, this, I mean, I watched this episode, but I don't, I don't, to change it to this episode. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I and after what I consider to be a pair this. of bang exactly. exactly. After a pair of bangers like fucking Modern Warfare and English as a second language. Um and English as a second language, I just think it has this like remarkable pace. There's so many jokes in that episode. Like, I can't wake Pierce up. Is this gonna take a dark Is this turn? Take a dark turn? Oh no, you just have to know how to do it. <laughs> Racial discrimination lawsuit. Preposterous. Preposterous. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my fucking favorites. It's so that good. is 
That is an incredible joke. <laughs> and and it's not like there aren't good jokes in this episode. You know, I think everything John Oliver does in this episode is very, very funny. <laughs> Who has your um, keys? They're in the taco meat. They're in the taco meat. Uh, do I have something on my face? Uh, <laughs> yeah, hot, the hot person. Which one do you want, Jeff? <laughs> so... All of that is fucking hysterical. It's very... It's so funny. And I think Donald Glover is hysterical in this episode as well. Uh, but it it cannot salvage the very rickety framework that all of it is placed on. It's, it's like if you bought the Charlie Brown Christmas tree, but you put, like, two nice ornaments on it. And you're like, oh, okay. You know, it's better than nothing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Still a tree. I, uh... I'm just so sad that Lawrence Demille never comes back to this show. I'm sad that she doesn't have a you show just that sent she sent me. Yes, I did <laughs> a picture of Lawrence Demille. I got distracted. Just in case I wanted to just remind in case you, you didn't know who I was talking. About. You mean this one, right? Do <laughs> her, Lawrence Demille. It makes me so you sad know, that she doesn't have a show that she's been on for years. Like right, there's nowhere why? I can go to get just my my bank of Lawrence Demille refilled. You know, I can never refill this chalice with 10 episodes of, or 100 episodes of my show. But I mean, it's fine, I guess. You know, I mean, we talked about it when she first appeared. She's on a few episodes of everything, right? You know, she's on five episodes of Chicago Fire. Are they sequential? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> she's on 14 episodes of Burn Notice. So that's probably like a one season, two season arc, something like that. She's in an episode but of if West Wing, CSI, Miami. She's in one West episode Wing, of dozens of things. 12 episodes of Grey's Anatomy. One episode of Scrubs. Oh, I can't wait to get there. Um, <laughs> You're going to... But... <gasps> there she is! And my girl, my long-suffering girlfriend is going to be like, Ugh, God. Ugh. I can't <laughs> believe... Once quarantine is over, I'm fucking out of here, dude. You're going to be... Uh, you're that dude looking back at Lawrence Demille. <laughs> well, your current partner yeah, is like, what? I am the meme... I am the guy, and it says me, and I'm holding hands with, uh, yeah, exactly. But I, yeah, it's, if I was making television in the year of our Lord, 2010, and I saw her one season arc on Community, I would go like, well, shit, like, let's get her a show where she's like a funny lawyer, where she's like a a fast-talking, wise-cracking lawyer, you give her... Four funny people to be like her legal interns. That's a fucking show. Why is she not in Franklin and Bash or Le- Rizzoli and Isles? Like yes, those shows exactly. already Why is she not exist. Rizzoli or Isles? Why is, Why she, is not- she not Isles? <laughs> those shows already exist. Yeah, it, it just makes too much sense. And that's why it could never actually... What we needed was 1600 Pen starring Josh Gad as the president's fail son. That's the show that we needed. What we wanted uh, was a great uh, Lawrence DeMille sitcom. And listen, folks, she's still working. There's still time. You know, if you're an industry yeah. professional yeah. out there, you can get Lawrence DeMille. She's got the chops. She's got the banter. She's 44? Fuck out of here with that. Not in the episodes of Community we're watching. No, just pictures of her now don't make it any different. Oh, I see. You're She's looking at everlasting Lauren smoke Stimil. show is what I'm saying. Yeah, she is um, an eternal smoke show. She's the fucking <laughs> burning man of smoke shows. And the again... You know, and apparently in talking to a lot of other community podcasters, you and I are much higher on Slater than 
other folks seem to be. But I just don't understand why the fucking red carpet was not rolled out for her after this. <laughs> I would roll it out with why, my own hands. Why is she not Rick or Morty? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Morty is short for Morticia. Let's go. That's fine. Please. Why is she not Morticia Adams in some... Oh, my God. Adams Family reboot. Fuck. Now we're talking. Now we've cracked this nut. Oh shit! Her last name's pronounced Stamile. <laughs> we've been Stamile. That's oh, why. Oh Stamile. That's why she hasn't been gracing us with her presence. We've been saying her name wrong. We outlawed the Italians. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> well, we passed that anti-Italian ordinance. Um, yeah, you know, some folks <laughs> want to ordinance. <laughs> want to, you know, have on their show a Joel McHale, a Ken Jong, a Megan Gans, a Dan Harmon, and that's all fine. But Lauren Stamil, come on, advanced community studies. <laughs> Lauren, Lauren. Oh my God. Will, yeah. Oh, that would not I be will, a, that would not, we, we could not do that, dude. <laughs> we could not sustain a conversation. But Lauren, if somehow this reaches your doorstep, we are certainly your biggest fan. Oh, homie, I'm and finding her on Twitter right now. <laughs> like, whatever, this is gonna be a like, thing. hey, come on, Greendale 3. What, what I'm saying is, whatever amount of money you want for this interview, I will make it happen. <laughs> I will sacrifice things are to you, make it are happen. You, are you on Cameo? <laughs> like, I want to support you. I'm gonna, find, I'm gonna find out the answer to both of these questions just for you. Is Thank what you. is her Twitter handle so that we may Lauren reach Stamile. out? I like just learned the correct way to pronounce her name, and I just I absolutely well there is an Insta. There is not a Twitter. There is an Insta, and she um, is posting all the right things right now, which I think is excellent. Good, because um, that was yeah. that would have been heartbreaking. That would have been rough. She was she's been married for eleven years, and I'm you know what, Lauren Stamile, I'm happy. I'm I'm but also I'm, I'm happy eleven that years you're happy. eleven years ain't shit. <laughs> Don't <laughs> gonna cut gonna I have to comb through all of our past episodes to dig for anything that might turn away Lauren Stabile. Uh, we are I I am not She doesn't have a cameo. We cannot like, get we cannot pay her to record we cannot pay to record her saying this is the best community podcast, unfortunately. Unfortunately, we can, in fact, pay Chevy Chase uh, to say that, but no thank you. <laughs> I mean... Chevrolet Chase, no thank you. Uh, it'll cost like it's. It'll cost. The problem is Chevy wants a cool like two hundred and fifty dollars. No, sir. Kevin I... wants like Brian Baumgartner money to to do cameo, and I'm like Chevy. You know, I could maybe knock together a cool fifty. You know, I could, I could Chevy, maybe I could put spend those... seventy five dollars and get Kratos, <laughs> the ghost of Sparta, to record something for me. Sorry, boy, boy. Is it that Kratos or the previous? Kratos? It's that Kratos. Yes, I could pay five dollars less and get Nolan North, the most overused voice actor in all of games, the workingest voice actor in all of video games, the workingest. And you know what? You know what? God bless him. In Saints Row 4, your character voice can be <laughs> Nolan North. And the reality of the game <laughs> yeah, implies that your character is literally Nolan North. Not yeah. just voiced by him, yeah. but are literally... And it's, like random it, dude voice 1 is Troy Baker. And random dude voice 2 is like another huge name. 
but they and gave female Nolan voice Lo- number one is Laura Bailey. Yeah. Like it's the great. I have played Saints Row Four literally like six times all the way through, yes, and incredible. every time I get to the character creator, I'm like, fuck. Which voice am I gonna go with? You have, you have this just murderer's row of incredible choices. It's the best. Saints Row Four is also like the greatest video game of all time. It's I might incredible. I might go I might go out to my living room. I have uh, I was supposed to go on vacation the next three days, but obviously those travel plans have been canceled. Why? But I decided to keep. Oh yeah, what's going on? I don't understand. I'm on travel right now. <laughs> uh, but those plans have obviously been canceled. But I decided to keep it as like a staycation. Uh, sure. mm, it's been a minute since uh, I haven't played I haven't done a full Saints Row 4 playthrough in like a year and a half we might be overdue <laughs> it might be time it may be the perfect time for a game so fucking wild so the the wildest funnest game I bet and listeners I bet you could probably get it fucking cheap right now it's on Switch it's on every game platform Pay buy yourself some Saints Row 4 Keith David is in the game as Keith David, your vice president of the United States, Keith David. <laughs> Why the fuck not, dude? Why the fuck not? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, okay, enough enough uh, stumping for uh, the video game Saints Row 4. Uh, Lawrence Demille, come on Advanced Community Studies. Uh, but let's, let's um, segue into uh, that segment of segments. It is time. This tale is old as time. Tale as old as time. I was a little behind. I was so I was so waylaid by our. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. Tomorrow I'm gonna slide into Lawrence to be DMs. We're 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 gonna shoot our shot with Lawrence. Yeah. Why not, man? Why not? We are the one podcast that is giving her the credit she deserves as Troy's the fucking truest, credit she deserves as Troy's what? truest truest not Troy. Sorry, Jeff's truest Jeff's, partner. Jeff's truest love. Lawrence Demille should be the star of screwball comedy movies about newspapers. Like, she should be oh my God. the fucking wisecracking reporter out there getting the scoop. No, um, dude. No, dude. She's in the community spinoff TV show where, she, where she's the editor-in-chief of the community newspaper. Of the newspaper! <laughs> so good! And you've got to have some Frankie and Annie in there, too. Frankie Please. Annie and Lawrence Demille and, and and Slater in a show. It just the the fucking dark haired the raven haired queens. Yeah. The the absolute uh yeah, that'd be the greatest show of all time. Call I would it, never watch a, another Call TV it a triumvirate. Show. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh I hate that would be so much. Yeah, but it's 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 the truth. It's the god's honest. Um so <laughs> The, the great community ranking sheet. First, the end tags. Uh, number one at current is Spanish rap. Number 22 is the traitor audition. Uh, our first end tag is Perhaps. them getting their finals scores. And then this <laughs> I, kind of funny reveal that uh, Pierce slept with the professor to get everyone an easier breakfast. grade. Yeah. Yeah. We were gone before breakfast. I think it's funny. I like it's it funny a lot. To be. Is it the I like first it a lot. Episode? It's very charming. I don't know. It just feels like this... this end tag does so much lifting for the content the episode, of the episode yes like, yeah it feels like they were like shit we ran out of time to end the episode okay we'll do we'll make it the end tag right um, right like and, so many other Abed, uh tv shows that actually use the last bit to wrap up the show this show has right. until this point used the last bit to mostly just throw in another 
comedic nug your direction. And then this one, this it's, specific one, it's like, no, we have to finish the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah, it's like after the end tags have been going wild in the MCU, and it fi- it finally got like unattainable with Thor: The Dark World, where it's like, no, you put you you put the end of the movie in the middle of the credits. Stop doing that. End the movie and then do like a bonus scene. Give us something extra. That's the point. It's not extra yeah, space for you. Don't it's extra hide for- the ending of the movie from me. Uh, but and and Abed does a nice mimic of Chang's fake out from uh, the Christmas episode. Yep. Uh, all right. Where what are you feeling on this one? Is it funnier? Is it better than Donald Glover screaming slut? Our current number 10. No, it is not. <laughs> it is not. No. Uh, not as good as Bert and Ernie. I think it's better um, than Awesome Elevator, but not funnier than uh, Vending Machine. Okay, great. Because Vending then Machine cracks great. me the fuck up. New and this number is 14. Just like, this is just like, oh, Pierce still knows how to... Gone Before Breakfast. Gone Before, New number 14. Gone before Breakfast. Does Pascal's Triangle have an end tag? It does. It's the... <laughs> It's the fucking yearbook video. <laughs> oh, the stupid yearbook video. I don't, I don't know, even any know of these people. people. <laughs> yeah, that's something that's so funny about the end of this season, also Pascal's Triangle, where the entire school is like, are Jeff and Britta going to get together? And I'm like, you don't know anyone no, at your college. Yeah. You don't care about anyone's gossip at your college. No, no one knows who the fuck anyone else is, but you know. It's so silly. It's so, it's so silly. Uh, I think uh, your book might go right before Gone for Breakfast for me, honestly. Somewhere in that zone. You say sometime Could after Gone D Before Breakfast? Yes. For delightful. You say after Gone Before or before Gone Before? Yes. After, after Gone Before. Um, do you hate after this? After Before. Mm, oh, gangers. Mm. What's uh, below those? Pencil. pencil mouth. <laughs> it's above Pencil Mouth. Yeah, it is. Coppelgangers is too good because it continues to happen. All right. Does it happen then after above pencil one? mouth? Coppelgangers. There is one more instance that I can think of. It is in the claymation Christmas episode. Yes, it is. Yes, it is because they're claymation Indeed. with them. Um, you gotta put it below. Virtual yearbook as our new number eighteen. Folks. Um. F O L X. Folks. Folks. So I love when people spell it like that. It makes me chuckle every time. Yeah. It's uh, exceptional. Yeah, it was too long to write a KS. Um, an X simply must save time. Think of all the time I save. Uh, let's see. So the episode rankings are current number one, Modern Warfare. Our current number 23, Basic Genealogy. So first, English as a second language. Hmm. Okay, let's look at another Slater episode. Introduction to Statistics, the first Halloween episode. I don't think this is as good as that. The first Halloween episode. With uh, Abed as Batman, Troy's yeah. tripping, or Jeff, Pierce's Jeff tripping with balls. the randomly appearing cowboy attire. What I think you're saying is, I own a cowboy outfit, and it is tight. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay! Your toy gun to my head? I'd say yes. <laughs> and so, where were we, little doggy? Un- <laughs> unseemly. Damn it. <laughs> Unseemly. Oh, Slater. R.I.P. I miss you. Um, miss you already. Uh, I would still say, mm, well, this one, this episode kind of schlippity schlaps. <laughs> yeah, I think English as a Second Language is a secret banger. It doesn't get brought up a whole lot. It's kind of, it kind of whips a lot of ass, actually. I think it's a it does. really it funny does. episode of It kind of whips and slaps. 
it kind of whips. Maybe above romantic expressionism? Sneak into that top ten? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it deserves top ten. Yeah, you're right. It does. Right. It does. S1E24. Wow, so many episodes. <laughs> so many episodes. Why are there 25 English. episodes in the first season? It's, yeah, I mean, that's how much TV used to have to make. It's true. You know? It's true. It used to be you were making 20 some odd episodes of these damn shows. And again, it's a miracle that any of them are any good. That's too, that's too many. That's way too, too many. many. That's episodes. like 15 too many. <laughs> too many episodes. But I love it. Uh, I love that we got that much community. And um, next, the season finale. Pascal's Triangle revisited with, again, an unfortunate slur as the name of the dance. Yeah. Uh, 2010 was a different time. We brought it up on the show before. I don't know where we were at in the cultural conversation vis-a-vis that word. I don't think they would have used it if it was widely known as a slur at that time. I like to give them enough credit, but it unfortunately has aged to dinosaur bones. Yeah, it's joke. aged like bread, not like wine. Aged like bread. All five dances. Um, Pascal's Triangle Revisited. I'm going to say, is anything in this episode better than Vaughn's two songs? No. Mm, Troy walking around with a giant fucking cookie thinking it's just a Troy big cookie is really good. Very good. Troy with a giant cookie is very good. But that's one thing. So that's one. That's one. So that's Vaughn one song, song counteracting. Is there a second thing in this episode that wants the o- to... Hmm. The only thing that comes close to me is uh, Duncan, but... I got a I don't real even big know. penis and I drink lots of tea. And I drink lots of tea. Uh, yeah, is Duncan's works. rap that's better than either of Vaughn's <laughs> No, that works. Another tide. Okay. Oh, but Vaughn's, Vaughn's episode does... Oh, it's the end tag and we rank those separately. Never mind. I was going to say, yeah. it does have that wicked fucking Pierce rap. That oh, is, the Pierce rap. Oh, mm, so that good. is also very... But, that, I mean... But that's post-credits. I know it doesn't that, count. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. It cannot be factored into league play. Um, I think this is, goes above Vaughn. Above home economics. Above I home think ec- I think you're right. Uh, just, for the, then, just for the fact that like its impact will be carried on in further episodes. Yes. But um, but I here's here's our roadblock. I don't think anything in this episode is as good as the tribunal of Jim Rash, Ken Jong, and John Oliver, right? Like this, the the quality of Pascal's Triangle stops at the three thousand dollar judges. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. 100%. Okay. I was saying it so. goes where home ec is now. I see. I <laughs> not, see. It goes anywhere literally one there. up above. Yeah. <laughs> uh, season one, episode 25, Pedro Pascal's Triangle Revisited. Yeah, it just ekes that. Just ekes out. And that is it. That is our rankings for season one. Incredible. We've, we've done. Look how far we've come. Let's see how far we've come. It barely fits on one screen. When I have Microsoft Word at a, you know, 100% magnification. Oh, I'll zoom the Crazy fucking tips. magnification out. Yeah, Luddite. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't, ah. don't mean that. Nah, dog. Nah, dog. I have a Skype conversation notification. Did you send me another picture of Lawrence to be like? No, I didn't. I didn't. I have been thinking about it, but I didn't. I okay. Like, Should I, I appreciate. That? Should I? I have like a life to live after this is over. You can't just send me pictures of Lawrence. Yeah, but you just tempted me with what you just said. 
God damn it. Well, uh, uh, to prevent you from doing that, now... I'm going to hang uh, up on you. Bye, he says. The last... <laughs> In the last episode of season one, now is the time where you can sneak in any plugs or anything you want to talk about. Oh, shit, uh, man. Yeah. For the last time in season one. The last time in season one. And it, was a, it is an interesting season in the world that I do not hope to end soon because it would it much needs to change. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not doing anything new that you haven't heard me talk about before uh, on the show. But I will point out that there was a really dope game bundle that was uh, donated like... 50% of the proceeds to the bail relief fund and the other 50% to like NAACP legal defense and educational fund. Um, and it was a fucking was like, like 2,000 games. It was yeah, started it with was... 740 games and like 1,200 creators and their goal was to make $5 million and when it ended yesterday it made like $8.2 million and 1,000 creators or 1,000 games had been added to its library. So for the yeah. for whatever you decided to donate, you got seventeen hundred and forty games, which well, like exceptional stuff. Fucking I, incredible! I love that shit. Creators like just simply putting forth their generosity for a better cause. Yeah, it, it rules. You you love to see it, just, folks. Just take my shit. They said, um, but. That's not it. Like that ended. So if you if you didn't do that by yesterday, you missed it. And I don't intend Sorry. to just disappoint you, because Humble is doing the same thing, and theirs just started. And you can get fifty games and twenty five books for thirty dollars. Uh, and the games include Baba Is You, which is great, Hyperlight Drifter, which is fucking great, Spelunky, Kerbal Space Program, oh, uh, Observer, which is got the the late and great rutger hauer in it ftl bioshock there's some dope fucking games in there yeah dude yeah dude and there surviving are some games, mars which is very good some of those games for 50 fucking dollars you can play for like 300 hours you can play some fucking spelunky and ftl for 300 yeah. hours Elite. and not have like completed them yeah you know, that's that's the biggest fucking bang for your buck i've ever heard elite dangerous sneaks in there darkest dungeon is in there Oh, Darkest Dungeon also rules. Oh, that game so also kicks rules. my ass. Yeah. I'm such a shitty little video game boy. <laughs> it just absolutely whips my shit. Dude, it's so good. And then uh, books, you've got the core rule book for Starfinder, which is dope if you like playing tabletop role-playing games. But you shit. also and those have... books are $50 on those their own. Those are $50 own. alone, exactly. Uh, you've also got <sighs> Prince of Cats, which is um, a really, really good graphic novel take on... Uh, mercutio from romeo and juliet but takes place in like the 1980s harlem and it's fucking amazing yep prince of cats is the dopest shit uh ghost in the shells in there a shaft graphic novels in there 12 years of slave the book is in there jesus yeah decolonizing wealth and the audiobook for decolonizing wealth unsung america god damn lessons of ubuntu like man the power of protest look this is 30 dollars for some really dope shit uh, and this is what, um, yeah, like I said, this is what Humble's doing. So if you've got a PC, if even if you don't have a PC and you want to read a bunch of books, like yeah. 50, 50 or 30 bucks for 25 books is f fucking highway robbery. So that's absolute, that's daytime fucking robbery. Yeah. Like it's absolute, it's absolute nonsense. And it's Humble uh, Bumble. So, so if you want to support for more than that, you can. Uh, yeah, Humble's legit. Humble's Humble's the best. Humble's like for anyone that doesn't know, Humble is like Bandcamp, where it essentially has like a paywall, but it's pay what you want. So if you want to give back more, you absolutely can. 
Yeah. Um, so far, it started today. It has $1,243 worth of stuff in it. They've sold 25,000 bundles, and they've raised $864,000. Yep. You love to see it. You fucking love to see it. That rules. That's what I will That's what I will promote, because that's way more fucking important. And their money is going to uh, race forward the Bell Project and LDF, which I don't know what LDF is. Legal Defense uh, Fund. Legal some- Defense Fund. Yeah, I was about to say something defense fun. Yep. <laughs> uh, but I couldn't couldn't figure out that L. You good. Um you, that's fantastic. Do you have something that you would like to promote? Oh, sure. Crap, uh crap, yeah. Crap. None of you know, none of my personal shit. You've heard me talk about it before. I will say check the link in the description of this episode for links uh to where you can donate to benefit black trans lives. I think that is um Due to many recent events, those are people that are even in... They're the most vulnerable members of American society, and they are being placed in even more jeopardy. So anything you can do to to help out, even in a small way, can do wonders for these organizations. Um, and if you're looking for some goddamn entertainment, uh, uh, a new Spike Lee joint just dropped on Netflix, Da Five Bloods, and I had incredibly high expectations for it, and they were exceeded. This movie fucking rules. It is an incredible piece of art and empathy. It tells stories that I've never seen told in a movie like this before. Uh, Spike Lee the is the fucking best. The cast fucking rules. The cast fucking rules. Delroy Lindo is like the lead of this movie. And if if you need anything more than that, then I cannot help you. But if you want, there's fucking Paul Walter Hauser. There's Chadwick Boseman. There's Jean Reno. There's it's it's the wait Jean Reno's in all, this movie. Jean Reno is in that movie. That's awesome. I didn't realize it's that. It's fucking everything. Uh oh, what's his name? Jonathan Majors from yeah, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yep. Clark um, Peters is in there too. He was in um what's it called? John Wick One. That's the the number one thing I remember him from. All but he was in the wire. Fucking he was in the wire. He black... was Lester Freeman in the wire. Yeah, all of your aging black character actors are in this movie, and they fucking bring it. They home. fucking slap, dude. They are the oh, best, and and Spike can direct the hell out of a movie. Do yourself a favor and check this one out. I I truly think um, it is absolutely uh, worth it. So that is my recommendation, is go watch that fucking kick-ass movie and donate to anything Caleb said or to the link in the description. Uh, and I, uh, we will be back next week, I think, with a full Greendale 3, and we will be in Season 2, which, spoilers, my favorite season of Yo, season, I will... season 1 fucking whips. Season 2 is going to make you feel like you've fallen into even an even better show. Yeah, uh, an absolutely exceptional piece of work, and I cannot wait to discuss it. We we did only one solo episode in season one with Modern Warfare. I can already tell you there's going to be a lot more in season two, because there are some episodes where it's like, we gotta fucking stop and talk about advanced dungeons and dragons on its own terms we gotta talk about cooperative calligraphy all on its own there there's just too many great pit stops along the way and yeah. and i cannot wait to take them so two things and then i'll send them we'll send them uh we'll i just found off. out that the five bloods was co-written by the four people but two of them wrote the rocketeer which is fucking amazing to me yeah, it's um, they. I think wrote the original script, and then Spike Lee and uh, and another uh, Black Klansman writer, Kevin 
Will... Yeah, the, the Kevin Williamson, the guy who co-wrote Black Klansman, I'm fairly certain... Nope, Kevin Williamson is the wrong guy. Uh, <laughs> I was just looking Hold at on. it. I was just looking at Pause. it. Pause. Kevin Wilmot, yes. So, uh, it's and it's Spike Lee and Kevin Wilmot do the draft script, and Kevin Wilmot co-wrote Black Klansman, uh, co-wrote Chirac, which is another fucking incredible movie. You can watch that on Amazon Prime. I'm sure I'll recommend that in a few weeks uh the girlfriend and i are doing a spike lee series we're watching through a lot of his filmography um and it, it fucking rips it's just it, yeah. go go watch it it's on netflix you have access to netflix and then, do yourself a favor and then the last thing the number two thing uh that i didn't fucking realize is a thing uh is one it's not about mercutio it's about tybalt and yes, the capulet sorry. crew uh in 80s brooklyn but fucking spike lee's directing it uh, for, uh an adaptation of it a version of it so you know who's fucking good uh, at shit. making movies spike fucking lee man let's fucking do it he's fucking man. He's been do man it. forever nobody put out any other movies this year so spike can go home with fucking 10 oscars for to five bloods um we will be back next week with a Betty White episode and the first episode to go off campus. Uh, but until next time, we say pop, 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 pop. <laughs> The weird way he says it in that tag. So allegedly, we're getting our first Sword and Shield um, DLC coming up here later this month. Again, allegedly. Yeah, I'm confused about that because uh, it's very Asian, you know? It's very Asian-inspired. Oh, is it? Yeah, because this game was all, you know, England, Ireland, Scotland, and to to do something that is markedly Asian. I'm like, what is this, Johto? Yeah, you're training at a dojo, and uh, you're, like, running around. I mean, I think you do go to the equivalent of Scotland in the second DLC expansion, but... Okay, gotcha. The only thing I'm hyped for is the new uh, Galarian Articuno, because it's it's just known Ooh. as, like, the malicious Pokemon. Like, oh. like how do you go oh, from man. Snowflake Bird to the malicious bird? I want to I want to figure that out. Like, I love it. I want to see the our how our how our big girl has grown up. How she's really transformed over the last few decades. The grad school um, didn't work out for her. That's what happened. I, I bet. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, once Charizard whoops your ass in the anime, it's like really over for you. You know, you gotta. You got to rebrand. You got to come back in some big new way. Um, it, once Charizard puts you down, it's hard to stand back up. Mm -hmm. I love it. I have not been like researching it to like uh, see anything that's coming out. I just want uh, I didn't to mean turn up. Oh no, that's fine. I'm also not mad, but I just I want to turn on my Switch one day, and it'll be like, "Hey, there's a bunch of new Pokemon for you," and I'll be like, "Great, sounds good," which is how <laughs> I basically went into sword and shield at all i'm always just paranoid that i'm going to end up somewhere where someone's like here's an extremely rare one-of-a-kind pokemon like i'm not going to give you a chance to reset for its nature or stats like <laughs> so I, yeah I, yeah you are so 
on top of that shit. You are you are the finest trainer I've ever uh, come across. Uh, and I lose every trainer-to-trainer -trainer battle I fight because I don't care about stats or natures or abilities. I'm just like, ooh, that one. <laughs> and then I just carry them with me because I like them. Um, and then anytime I go up against a person who has always put way more thought into that than I have, I just get absolutely fucking wrecked. You stomped my entire poke team um in the middle of a matcha shop it was it was humiliating and everyone laughed at me it's matcha shops <laughs> yes yeah what was the last time you've been to one of those i've uh, i mean i've been getting take take out matcha but it's not the same take out matcha yeah i've been going to uh urban backyard in soho <laughs> urban backyard. But, but the decor is gorgeous it looks like a like uh I don't know how to explain it. It looks like one of those Animal Crossing houses where, like, you're in the forest, but it's inside a cafe, and they can't, okay. can't use any of that, you know? Like, they right. you... actual bonsai trees on the tables and chairs so you can't sit down. <sighs> they had to grow. They're growing trees up through the chairs so that you cannot sit on them. It's like those those photos you see of, like, bicycles that were left on a tree that the tree has like eaten that's what they're doing with all yeah. of their chairs like it's like that video game the last of us right in two years but uh university of albuquerque is is a swamp <laughs> exactly yeah in in two without two years without our custodial staff and everything turns to chaos so let that be a a lesson to all of you out there treat those people with respect because they are the only thing holding back nature from subsuming everything. Have you ever played Animal Crossing at all? No, I didn't I didn't I didn't get that one. Um I just I'm not super creative in games. I've never been able to like really get into like Mario Maker cuz I spend so much of my free time already like making podcasts and writing and making comics. So, like, when I'm playing a game, I almost want to be the least creative being <laughs> ever. You know, I, I'm like, you know, tell me what to do. Uh, maybe I'll check out some new outfits. But when it comes to, like, character creation in a video game, I'm like, just give me one of the defaults. I don't want to mess with a guy's eyebrows for 45 <laughs> minutes. Just just give me the regular lady and I'll play as her. It's fine. I restart a game to change my eye color and do the whole story again if I don't like my eye color. <laughs> I know. I've, I've, I've met several folks like you. And you know what? God bless you. If that's what you want to do, then do it. But, like... The idea of playing the same, like, 30 minutes of tutorial over and over again because you're like, ooh, my skin's a weird color now, and you gotta go back, you gotta change it. Um, I just don't I just don't have the patience. <laughs> oh, yeah, Animal Crossing's all about patience. Although, I will say, you know how uh, in Pokemon I'm all about being competitive? Yeah. I'm equally competitive in Animal Crossing. Like, it's all oh about the most expensive, beautiful furniture in my, in my house. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, how do you even make Animal Crossing competitive? And I know that there are people that can turn anything into anything. I know that there are tons of folks. I built, I built who... a castle and have a garden full of money trees. That's all I'll say. Yeah, that's a big one. I know that there are tons of folks who, like, have rigged the fucking stock market of Animal Crossing. There are, there are Facebook groups where you can pay people to, like, give you uh, the the right items and, and yeah. garbage <laughs> like that. I, I just can't I even. I'm like. They're trying to crack down on that. They they released a statement about it. I think like saying they're like, like knock it off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like so 
I know Nintendo is like so rigid and so behind the times, but they are so militant about that where you can't even have two islands within one console because they're like, no, we don't want you trading anything back and forth with yourself. Okay. That would defeat the purpose of forcing you to buy the online subscription. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That would defeat the purpose of, um, making you it's that would defeat the purpose of our fun cute animal game where you grow flowers it would be it would ruin our fun cute game if we let you have your own fun with it oh we hate you so uh but this is of course the interview portion of advanced community studies uh and i am joined here today uh by comedian and pokemon trainer extraordinaire otter lee otter welcome to the show Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. It has been a minute. As I said before, I have not seen you since you uh, absolutely stomped my ass at Pokemon in the middle of a matcha shop. Um, I don't remember when that was. I know it was very, very cold. January or February? I can't. Something like that. Time doesn't have any meaning anymore, so. <laughs> right. I, I I earnestly could not tell you how long quarantine has been in effect, uh, but it, it's it's good to see you. Um, and I'm glad you asked, um, to be on the show. So tell me, this is the introductory question for everyone. Uh, what is your history with community? I want to know, uh, uh, where you're coming from on this show. I've seen a, co- I've seen a couple episodes completely out of context with my dad. Like he would just like, have the TV on and then we would laugh. I remember the episode where they build like a giant, like sh- pirate ship. Or something. It was really fun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I think I know which one you're talking. About. But my, my main point of reference for community is there's this guy in high school I had like a giant crush on, and he told me every day to watch Community, and I told him every day to watch Glee, and then he watched Glee, but I didn't watch Community, and then. <laughs> so you have seen only uh, really episodes in isolation. Yeah. Um, but thank you for watching uh, the two episodes that we were covering on this show. Um, so, and you, we, we were discussing this a little bit, but I want to hear your thoughts as someone that is a pretty mild uh, community watcher regarding these episodes that you watched, which are like the end of season one. This is like right there at the end. You know, everything has been building to these two episodes. And so watching them out of context, I'm sure is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was... Uh shocked at how um plot driven the last two i mean obviously it's the last two episodes of the season right so it's, it's very plot driven like character threads sort of start to pop together mm-hmm. I, think, I think the biggest uh shocker for me was like uh allison breeze character like endangering everybody's like gra- uh graduation prospects in the first episode and then immediately being like, I'm going to move to a different place in the second episode. <laughs> I really got to me. I was like, what? Like, she did this, like, horrible career ruining thing because she didn't want to lose her friends. And now she's like, okay, bye, everyone. After like, everything you just put us through to yeah. to then immediately say, like, all right, breaking up the group. See ya. <laughs> so it's so one. crazy when played back to back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's a lot of whiplash going from one episode to the next. Um, and I am not crazy about that finale for a number of reasons. Uh, but that is principally one of them where I'm like, so what did we do last week? What was the what was the point of what we just did? If you're if you're just gonna move to whatever Delaware with like, Vaughn, I would have been fine with it ending with the first that first that first episode. You know, if it's like, oh, we're all gonna stay together. You know. Hmm. 
<laughs> that's a uh, any other thoughts coming out of these two eps? Um, I enjoyed a lot of the jokes, but I, it was weird just seeing how some of the humor had aged over time. You know, it certainly. Just, I think my favorite joke was um, uh, when Shirley's character talks about like uh, taking her kid to motels and pretending they're amusement parks. I thought that was just good, wholesome humor. Some very low money fun, you know, when you're a parent and you you can't do anything with your kids, so you yeah, have to think of really creative things. Venture, yeah. Oh, exactly. you know, you know the most jarring for me actually. The last mm-hmm. thing I saw, Joel McHale was the Tiger King reunion. Uh huh. On Netflix, so it was so weird seeing him be the like, sort of leading man of this show immediately after I saw him be like, "How does it feel to be like the on the most." talked about reality show of all time you know like a t- documentary of all time like he says it like seven times in the netflix special how does it feel to uh to to have all your dirty laundry aired out like that how does it feel uh as a trans person to be misidentified over and over and over <laughs> again and let's make a joke about your missing arm right? like while we're at <laughs> yeah. it yeah you know, I mean, you gotta, the, isn't there that rule of comedy where if there's something uh, strange about you and you get up on stage, you you have to address it right off the bat or the audience is only going to be thinking, like, do they know? Do they know that they're missing an arm? Like, you have to open up with that. Like, every bald person I know constantly <laughs> makes bald jokes about themselves as if, like, they need me to know that it's okay to know that they're bald. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but Joel, who who uh, can be a fine uh, comedic actor in his own right, spends so much time more as like a personality on like the soup uh, that this yeah. is still the biggest acting role he's ever had. I feel. Yeah, and he's he's like, he's like honestly pretty grounded. Like I was impressed by what I saw in these two episodes. Like what I didn't buy is like how literally everyone was like falling in love with him by the end of the season, right? It's so crazy. It, it's it, it feels came out of nowhere almost. It feels like a completely different show. That last episode where I'm like, what? Everyone's in love with Jeff. Like two women are fighting over Jeff. And, and like she, that's how we're gonna end stayed, the season. Trying to be with him. Just like everyone is just like slobbering over the chance to be with Jeff Winger, who over the course of the season has been like kind of gross <laughs> at every available opportunity, <laughs> and not particularly like nice. It just it it doesn't it doesn't all line up for me. So before we started recording, uh, you were talking a little bit about. Ken Jong as like a, a performer and particularly as an Asian performer. Yeah, I just and I... it's so fascinating that like he his trajectory was he was a doctor and then he was an actor and then he played a doctor on his own show and then like he's, he's like in now he's on the a judge on the masked singer. Like that's just crazy to me. Like there there's so many levels of making it, but it's funny to me that his like primary character archetype is hot fucking mess, you know. Yeah, just an absolute disaster. A chaotic disaster. He's, like, more uh, impressive is, than, like, Mayor West on Family Guy, you know? like he He's phenomenally successful. Like, that that cannot be denied. And has apparently been phenomenally successful in multiple fields, if you include uh, his, his work as an actual medical doctor. He also rose to prominence playing some... Uh, 
stereotypes, shall we say? Yeah, the community is, is quite divided on him. Can you can you elaborate on that a little bit more when you say it's like divided on him? Uh, there's this there's this term I recently heard called boba liberalism, and that's the idea that Asian culture is presented in a very easy to package, very palatable, accessible way for white audiences in pop culture, <laughs> in a way that sort of demeans or sells out the the whole of Asian culture. Uh, a, a commentary that people have about his stand up. What I like about his acting is just that he's so crazy, like. There weren't really any Asian parts that were like that before, so you have to admire just the sheer audacity of it, you know? Right, because uh, he he makes it big in the first Hangover movie. Like, he comes out swinging from that. The the king in role models, he's he'll he'll pop up here and there, and then he lands so this big... <laughs> His first scene on Community is this, like, extended monologue. I don't know if you've ever seen it. But it's this extended monologue is like, people say, Senor Chang, why do you teach Spanish? <laughs> why you? Why not photography? Why not martial arts? Uh, and it's this huge, like, long uh, uh, speech that he gives in, like, literally, it's like the scene Netflix used to promote community coming to Netflix. Because <laughs> Ken Jong is probably the biggest star to come out of the show um donald glover and allison brie are obviously like huge in their own right but ken jong is like a household you know what i felt people... really bad for him in in uh transformers dark of the moon his, his oh. role his role was so unfortunate in that he's just the crazy guy who's read about the transformers and then he like gets blasted out a window i think like but you know if the check clears, I think that is the old uh, Ken Jong motto, and he'd be the first to tell you that. You know, if the if the check clears, he'll be there. Uh, he'll he'll do it. Um, but I've always admired that. I do think maybe it's worth coming up. And if you don't want to uh, speak on this, then um, you, we can obviously feel free to skip over it. But it's probably worth noting that Senor Chang is supposed to be a Chinese man. And oh, yeah. Ken Jong is himself a Korean man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've certainly, uh, I feel like as uh, Asian Americans become more prominent in the entertainment industry, I feel like it. you should try to cast as close to someone's individual ethnicity as much as possible. But back then it was like, if you can get a role on a show, great. You, know? you got to take it. <laughs> like for, I feel like for many years in both theater and film, it was like, if the role says Asian, it means white with the possibility of an Asian person also being in the role. So like, Yeah, it was either that or you were, and forgive me here, but like you were that or you were ancient and mystical. Yeah. You know, like those were the available roles in Hollywood for his, so long. His character, his character is not a stereotype in any I'd say at least in what I saw in these couple episodes, he's not really a stereotype. He's just a hot mess, you know? Right. He's just, he's an agent of chaos, and uh, truly, Senor Chang could have been Senor of any race, yeah. and the, the character could have basically been the same. Like, sh shout out to all the hot mess Asian characters, like uh, Brenda Song <laughs> from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, you know? Love it. You know, Ken kind of helped pave the way for other Asian performers to be able to, like, take center state. Like, gave people courage to at least put fresh off the boat on television. Obviously, all those performers are great and, and talented in their own right, but maybe it convinced folks that you could bet on them, and that bet might pay off, you know? 
R.I.P. to fresh off the boat as well. Bonkers. <laughs> that's a weird example of a show too, where like it was supposed to be based on uh, Eddie Huang's life, and then he didn't love the way they portrayed his life. But then mm-hmm. like the show kept going on, and it developed its own like cult of popularity, and lots of the stars on it like branched out into other things. Like, I mean, particularly Constance Wu. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, Constance Wu and and Randall Park as well. You know, he's he's always around. He's always working. Yeah, he's come a long way from uh, who is it? Uh, Kim Jong Un. <laughs> uh, yeah, his breakthrough performance as the leader of North Korea in The Interview, a movie that almost got us into a fucking international war. <laughs> tragedy about it is that he actually gave a pretty good performance, right? <laughs> he did. I mean, he, I have. I saw that movie. He is like the only good part of that movie. He is the only redeeming factor of the entire operation. Uh, but unfortunately, it's in a movie that like will forever be this. I mean, it's it's going to be in the film history books, you know? Yeah. It's always interesting, right, when like one of those movies, when any movie gets canceled because it's too close to real world events, right? There was that uh, movie where they were like hunting trump supporters or whatever the hunt yeah the hunt got canceled for like a year and then they because made it, they were like, they changed a lot of stuff i guess my understanding is that the movie they released in march of this year which was the last movie i saw in a theater before quarantine like fully locked us down that it's essentially the same movie they just decided it was okay to release they were just like ah never mind we <laughs> We need to make a little scratch here, so let's just put this movie out anyway and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was quite good. Well, great. Any other um, thoughts you have, things that you simply must get off your oh, chest? Oh, yeah, no, I want to I talk about the, that uh, that crazy scene that we, we talked about it briefly when I first got here before we started recording about uh, Donald Glover's character, right? Like, yeah. just how insane the optics are of him, like... The, the whole the punchline being like, oh, he's gonna be working at Chevy Chase's house instead of living there, and then you said they never address it again, right? Right, because there's that, yeah, the whole episode it's like, where is Donald Glover gonna end up living? Where is Troy gonna live? And he ends up living with Pierce, and then Pierce says, oh, I'll have my people fit you for a uniform. Um, and then <laughs> that is never brought up again. He is not yeah. an employee at Pierce's mansion. It's like this weird one-off joke. But yeah, if you isolate that moment, it's and like it's just, just in that moment right now. It just like I was like, wow, wow, that that was unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, fortunately, it it uh, Pierce or Troy and Pierce living together rarely comes up ever again, <laughs> and certainly he is not. Uh, I mean, the secret is that Chevy Chase. Uh, just became so impossible to work with that they wanted to like distance from him as much as possible. So on the show, yeah, you can tell. And like as the show goes on, he's in it less and less and less because <laughs> uh, they just did not want to deal with that. So all of that got scrapped, uh, and it, it never came to fruition. But don't don't worry. I understand that the optics are. Not good in that isolated moment, but it is not something this show continues to. Yeah, no, I mean, just just the fact that you have like a black character who wants to live with a brown character, and then he he woos in with a white character. It's it's just such an interesting like racial commentary that I don't know if, I don't know if I want to get into, but it just raised questions in my head, you know, that I wasn't expecting before I saw the episode. 
Uh, if you want to uh, let the good people know uh, what you're up to, where they can find you and your work, now is the time. I don't know if I'm technically supposed to announce this, but I, I'm supposed to start on a cartoon very soon. Like, just uh, it's going to be on CBS All Access, so just keep keep your eyes posted for that. And I'll, I'll be playing a character named Otter, that's all I'll say. <laughs> that's fantastic. First, like, big voice is there a good social media for people to find you at so they can stay updated on that? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, on Facebook at slash OtterlyMoy, the handle OtterlyMoy, O-T-T-E-R-L-E-E-M-O-Y. Mostly, like, I, my Instagram ratio is pretty good. Follow me on Twitter. I'm trying to get, like, Twitter followers. I, I'm, like, starting at my new job on the show. Like, I, I, I am severely behind on Twitter followers. Like, it's a, it's an honor to even be here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, I, like, I want to say that I am behind in, like, the tens of thousands of Twitter followers compared to all my coworkers. Uh, but thank you for joining me and for, for sharing your thoughts. And uh, hopefully I'll get to talk to you again soon. Yeah, we'll have to trade some Pokemon. Thanks again, Kevin. <laughs> This has been a Talkback Podcast. That was quite a show.